This is Industrial Enablement, a Click.io podcast created to inspire B2B sales and marketing leaders navigating digital transformation. I'm your host, Dave Carr, and on this show, we'll share actionable insights to build winning digital strategies and deliver better sales results with your customers. Hey everyone, and welcome to Industrial Enablement. Today, I'm here with Stephanie Friedman, who is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at City Paper Company. And I have been fortunate enough to know Stephanie for many years. And in my personal opinion, there are very few people out there that I would say are a better expert on branding and personalization uh, in terms of how B2B companies can better connect with their customers. So today, the topic that we're gonna be unpacking is how do B2B marketers and B2B sales representatives manage relationships and personalization during COVID-19? We're all working in uh, isolation. We're all sequestered at home, working from home offices. So I'm going to talk with Stephanie about a couple of key points about ways that salespeople can continue to keep connectivity with their clients and put in a nice touch on brand. So Stephanie, I guess to start out, could you just give our listeners a, a quick intro of yourself? Absolutely. But I have to start off by saying that this is probably the first podcast that I've ever done in leggings. So <laughs> we we are all the first. There's a first for everything. We are all um, filling the work from no home. less professional. But um, uh, so I am Stephanie Friedman. I am the vice president of sales marketing at City Paper Company. My husband is actually fourth generation City Paper. Uh, his great grandfather started helped start the company in 1897 here in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, ironically, my career started in promotional products while Brad and I were dating, but I was working for another company. And about five and a half years ago, he said, um, even if it means working with my wife, I'm going to do what I can to hire her and bring her over and help grow. Uh, the promotional product side of City Paper's business. We originally started as a retail packaging company and have since evolved into promotional marketing. Uh, we do print. We have a warehouse and fulfillment center located here in Birmingham. And pretty much if you can dream it, imagine it, think it, um, and physically touch it, we can brand it. And so um this has definitely been an interesting period of time, and I'm looking forward to the discussion because I think it's um, definitely definitely one that will be very uh, valid and appropriate for so many people out there. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, you know, let's just hop right into the to the topics. Um, you know, you touched on a couple of things there in your intro around what your company does with promotional products, how that has played into personalization. Um, you know, I think there's so many people out there in the in the B2B world that are just trying to figure out how to operate in the new normal. And I think that the one thing I've heard a lot is, you know, hey, where are the best practices? Who, who are doing these things right? So I know you work with a lot of different companies, a lot of B2B companies, and mm-hmm. help them with that personalization and branding. So if you were just to think of who are some of the the thought leaders right now in terms of doing things that are providing personal touches from from sales and marketing during this time? I think one of the things that I have seen that really, really touched me, you know, I've been watching, you know, as we're all watching, right, the news and, and um, TV, I think that um, one of the things that has really touched me is the way that advertising has changed, the way that messaging has changed, 
very quickly people have adapted to uh, just this like idea of personal connection and tugging at heartstrings. Uh, Sarah Blakely is one of my absolute idols. Um, she just embodies so many things in an entrepreneur that I adore and that I admire. And she's just been, especially on LinkedIn and through her Instagram, just very relatable. Um, she's portrayed the pretty and the good, but she's also portrayed the chaotic, her kids climbing all over her, losing <laughs> um, power in her home during COVID-19 and just trying to find the good in every day. And, um, you know, Richard Branson's another one that I feel like has just really expressed this like beautiful way of connecting with mostly, I think, his employees more so than anything. Yeah. I mean, his his communication with his employees through whether it's a very public setting in which he does it and shares information, but I think it's his way of being very transparent. And I think that that is one of the most crucial things that we can do right now, uh, no matter the size of our company, no matter the size of our organization, uh, no matter the size of our customers is to be transparent. And I think when you, I've always said this, when you open up a sense of vulnerability um, and you can show your reality. Um, of course, we all have to do that in different ways. I think that you open up a real opportunity to take a relationship to the next level. Yeah. So I actually think in this case, with everything going on with COVID-19, I think it's actually opened up, my, I, hate to, I hate to sound cheesy, but I think it's opened up both hearts and minds. No, I completely agree with that. And you know, one thing that, that we have talked a lot about uh, and, and I've seen others do this as well, is the thought of empathy. And, you know, and we're all 100% in this together. And I think that the genuine nature that comes out in people that are exposing, I mean, like just in your opening, right? Like you're doing a podcast and leggings. You, you may hear my kids in the background. You know, we're all working from home. Uh, this is something that everyone is sharing together. And I completely agree. I think that, you know, both from marketing and sales perspective, you have to be genuine and you, and you have to change to adapt to this new messaging, right? Like you mentioned, you know, even right. advertising. I think one of the worst things, you know, any company can be doing right now is just putting people in a brain dead cadence of, of trying to do sales messaging or marketing messaging <laughs> without some, uh, you know, thought behind the personalization. We had, we had this discussion very early on as a sales team. And one of my reps said, how in the world do I just go about business as usual? And our answer was, you can't. It would be disconnecting everything that's going on around us. Um, and there's no way anybody can really truly take you seriously. People are all in different places and different spaces right now. And, and businesses are in different positions. And, you know, it's just a challenging time. So mm -hmm. I think everybody just has to be very considerate, very, very thoughtful and very purposeful in what you say and how you say it and who you're saying it to. Right. But I, I, I posed the question back to you because I'm curious to know your answer. Who do you, who are you looking to as a thought leader right now in in sort of modeling that behavior, that yeah. messaging? You know, I think that there there are a lot of people out there that are touching on these topics. Uh, I think you and I both are a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, I know we've had conversations, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think for for somebody like Gary, who's like the king of vulnerability, of the, uh, right? His, his entire 
speaking of vulnerability. Exactly. And I think for somebody like Gary, who has built his brand on that being so open, you know, it's a natural progression. But I think right now, a lot of people are opening eyes to, you know, who have, have somewhat been avoiding, you know, hey, let's get really personal in our approach. Let's use the cadences. Let's use LinkedIn as a way to hit up people on sales pitches. I think that, you know, either either you got smart enough to wake up or you're feeling the pain of not adapting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just in terms of, of other companies I see that are doing a really good job, you know, there's a, there's a company out of uh, uh, Indiana, Lessonly, which is a company that does, uh, you know, training and, and development for, for organizations. And they have taken a great approach around really being personal in their approach. Uh, in mm-hmm. fact, we, and I'll say this shamelessly, we recently took a concept they had and put it in our own playbook, but they actually recognized early on in the COVID-19 crisis that working moms were having an issue trying to be productive at home with their kids. Mm-hmm. So they actually took the time to create a kid's coloring book to give to their customers. So we recently did something similar we took it a step further and made it a full-scale activity book, but we took the same concept and then we targeted working moms with LinkedIn ads. But, you know, trying to focus on, you know, what people are struggling with right now, and if you get to the real heart of that personal human struggle, it's, crap, you know, I've got to figure out how to work in my house with my kids, if you've got kids, around all these other challenges, and, and I just need a, a way to figure that out. So I think when you approach individuals at that human level, rather than trying to come in and sell a product, that's yeah. really where you see success. And genuinely asking how someone is, right? Like don't, don't start a conversation around what my product or service can do for you lead in well, with some sort of empathy. Off that way anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, you got me thinking about, so my sister works for an awesome company out of Austin, Texas. She works out of Atlanta, but um, she does recruiting for them. And it's a company called Santa Benefits, and it's a, a healthcare um, benefit company. And um, they started a campaign for people who might be lonely. Hmm. And because we are in a time of, of isolation, and you could submit a name, uh Either I think through either through their website, uh, SantaBenefits.com, or through LinkedIn, of somebody that might need a letter, and they are actually sending mailed letters to people based on your recommendation or or um, whatever your nomination is, and so somebody in the company is is taking the time to put that together, and it's just that thoughtful extra touch that people are are trying to find ways of connection in a world where snail mail was sort of dying. Right. And that's kind of just a beautiful thing that the old fashioned way of connecting. Well, I mean, look at what zoom has done for everybody. I mean, now nobody wants to do a sales meeting without being able to see each other. Right. And the level of engagement on our sales meetings has increased because people are actually looking at each other. Yep. You can see people's faces, expression. I also know that they're actually listening because I can <laughs> see them. And it's, it really is. I mean, even as we're doing this podcast, we're, we're looking at each other, kind of, you know, being able to sort of read conversation. This has been a really beautiful thing to come out of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. If, there are, if I can find the upsides of things, I'm going to. Um, and in this case, I think that the, ability 
for people to connect in ways that we didn't normally used to connect. If we can't do it in person, or we at least have to be six feet apart, um, then this is a good backup plan, in my right. opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that it, it is interesting to watch where the creativity rises. And I mean, you gave a great example, you know, with, with some things that are, are been go, going on to reach out to those that may be lonely or struggling. Uh, you know, another really interesting best practice I've heard from some folks in the manufacturing sector are, you know, hey, traditionally the ways that we connect with our customers are over lunch. We take people to lunch. We, we come in, we do a, a lunch and learn, or we do some sort of training. Uh, there's a really interesting company called Eat Engage, the letter N, Eat Engage. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they actually will send lunch to someone. They cater in for a meeting and then they have a web software, a lot like Zoom, that you can host a call. So what you get is the ability to still be personal with someone and also create a memorable experience. And I think that that, you know, I'm actually reading the, The Power of Moments right now by Chip and Dan Heath, and they talk so much in that book about the power of creating those memorable moments and how that stands out in, in terms of your, your brand, your, your personal connections and relationships. So my, I have a question kind of piggybacking on that. So how much of that memory, that, that, that memorable moment should involve the person that's trying to do the selling? For example, there are people at home quarantined right now that are in need of wh- whether it be food or whether it be um, toilet paper, toilet paper, <laughs> hand sanitizer, Lysol. Yeah. <laughs> um, some of the things that are coming across our desks are are people trying to get not necessarily um, all of those products in their home into into the hands of their customers, but trying to figure out ways to engage um, while helping provide the things that they are having a harder time getting their hands on right now. So do you think that it is just as important to create the memorable moment with each other, like as in this case, as it is to also sometimes do it in a way where it leaves that touch of, hey, we're here for you when you need us. We're thinking about you. This is probably something that you could take advantage of. Um, we're not, again, we're not trying to sell you anything. Um, but if you can use this, great. And if at some point down the road you can use us, then hopefully this will help you remember us. And yeah. we created that experience for you. I ask because we're doing a, a campaign right now called the Compassion Project. And it's everything about it for City Paper is about leading everything that we do, every marketing piece that we're doing right now is leading with compassion and and making it our sole goal to make sure that when we are putting something in front of somebody that it's something that they might need and something that they might that might be useful to them in this particular trying time. And one of the pieces of that is that we're giving away um, gift cards gift cards to different restaurants that they can choose from. There's a whole selection of of restaurants and then a a movie. So basically giving away dinner and a movie Mm -hmm. um, value of about $50. So it's for that person in particular. And it's nominations of people that are frontline workers or grocery store workers, or we've got, and we've had um, ER doctors and nurses. We've had respiratory therapists. We've had a warehouse deliverer, um, We've had uh, public 
grocery store worker. I mean, so people are nominating people that they know that are working. Anyway, my whole point on that is we're not really doing that to sell anybody anything. I think it is literally more so the idea that we just want to put the compassion out there and hope that karma comes back in a good way. I think that is a wonderful example of how to lead forward with empathy with no expectations right now. Because I, to, to get back to your, your earlier question, I do think that people can smell really quickly if someone's trying to, you know, manipulate a situ- situation or take advantage of a situation. No one mm-hmm. wants to feel like a salesperson is taking advantage of COVID-19 to try to leverage an opportunity. You know, that's that's right. just, we feel that's dirty. But if you can do so in a way that, that like price gouging on uh, Lysol wipes and hand sanitizer <laughs> and, and yeah. toilet paper and everything else. Absolutely. But no, I, I think that what you're getting to and, and where I want to go next in this conversation is to to brand and, and what are the things that we can do to reinforce our brand. But I think an example of what City Paper is doing with the Compassion Project is a great example of a way that you can take a step that is genuinely being compassionate and doing the right thing from a corporate responsibility standpoint and building mm-hmm. brand with mm-hmm. nothing and in, in expected in return. Right. So so let's maybe take a, a, a turn here and, and get back. I want to go back to the idea of brand, um, personalization, you know, how you leverage those, those moments. Um, I know you guys do a lot of great things with personalized branded items. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's everything from a cup, a pen, to something more elaborate like a, a personalized gift box that you could share with a prospect or or even a current client. Um, so, can you give me a couple examples? Because I think that you guys are definitely the experts on this around where you've seen that done very well, and how mm-hmm. do you see the opportunity to continue doing that during COVID nineteen without it coming across as, "Hey, we're expecting something out of this." Absolutely. I think one of the things that I touched on a little bit earlier, the the idea of a gift card, Mm -hmm. it allows people um, to use it how they need it. Again, you do have to be very mindful that you're doing it with the right intentions and you're not just necessarily expecting a meeting in return for this, you know, so I do think I've seen some good approaches where people have just asked me for a cup of, to have a cup of coffee over Zoom. One of our favorite reps, he is fantastic. One of our favorite vendors, um, he said, "Let me just set up a let me just set up a Zoom call with the team, and we're just going to have coffee together." And that's it. It was literally just, "I want to check in on y'all. I want to see how you're doing, and I want to know how I can help you." One of the biggest questions that people should be asking is how can I help you? Whether it's about this or not, whether it's about branded merchandise or not. So I think that one of the the things to think about when you are talking about right now, personalizing things, it's thinking about who you're targeting um, and the industry that you're targeting. What is it that those people are in need of that they can't get access to or that they, that would help that their day be easier. So one of the things that we've seen be very successful right now are um, things that can help people work from home. I, for one, my mouse pad is at the office. My mouse is at the office. I don't want to go to the office. So 
if somebody were to send that to me to make it a little bit easier for me to not have to worry about ordering one on Amazon, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think are incredibly helpful. Anytime you take an, an item and you address it to that person, if you're able to brand it with their name on it, or you're able to at least make the box uh, customizable and then the card on the inside has Dear Joe, Dear Dave, um, we hope this this time is, is treating you okay. We hope that you're healthy and safe and your family's healthy and safe. The messaging in there has to also be very relatable and very personal. Um, another thing as I'm talking that has been um, really successful right now are things that people can, everybody's, I don't know about you, but I feel like I can't leave the kitchen. We, we haven't eaten out much just um, by nature of not wanting the inconvenience of trying to clean all the containers. And I've been a little bit crazy, um, <laughs> but I feel like I've been cooking nonstop. My kids, I don't know how they became bottomless pits all of a sudden. I don't know how they got anything done at school because I feel like they were probably wanting to eat the whole time, but um, but I can't leave the kitchen. So uh, kitchen tools has been one of the most personal things that we've we've been we've been talking to our customers about huh. because nobody's leaving the kitchen. <laughs> so Stephanie, as we start to think about, you know, for for B2B companies, granted there's no debate that we're going to have to operate different, differently. And th- this new normal could last longer than, than what we think. But as you think about, you know, companies who are making those changes to, to pivot, what would you say are some of the things that people should be keeping in mind of that? And what are some of the tools that companies might be able to use as they begin to think about their strategy to pivot? We had this discussion on our last marketing team call where everything that we had planned, we had the, we had this beautiful layout of a calendar. Well, Earth Day sort of went. <laughs> uh, it's tomorrow. Um, and our baseball plan sort of went because that was canceled. There was this sort of immediacy that we understood that we just had to adapt and change and that our customers plans, their marketing calendars were going to adapt and change. And so it was really crucial for us to understand that you have to be flexible. You have to be able to say, okay, that was a great idea. It'll be great next year. (laughs) And maybe it'll even be better next year because of the things that we're learning right now Um, or because we have more time to think it out. We have to be able to be willing to let plans go out the window as good as they might have been and say, how can I take where we are today in this new normal and make the best of it? Budweiser did, I, I, I shared it on LinkedIn, one of the most beautiful advertisements I think I've ever seen. And just by sheerly showing um, all of these different frontline workers and, and different, um, you know, different industries and different fields and people just trying to all come together for a common cause and just it had nothing to do with beer it had absolutely nothing to do with beer and yet i I fell in love with budweiser that day because i thought that it was one of the most beautiful ways that they could have addressed the world find different ways to reach your customers and find different ways 
to connect with them can be even more beneficial than the way we were doing things before. And so as that relates to salespeople reaching out and engaging, I think that there are going to be salespeople out there that are going to say, I am going to find new and more innovative ways to connect with potential customers and with my current customers. And there will be some that will. It's it's going to force the divide between salespeople and sales professionals. True. Because I think that there Not are- that. I agree with that completely. Because I think there are so many people out there that are accustomed to doing things the way they've always done. They're leveraging existing relationships, you know, things that are, you know, quote unquote, uh, you know, farmers rather than hunters. But we're, we're all, yeah, right. But we're, we're all pivoting. And I think your example of Budweiser is, is spot on because who would have thought four months ago that they ever would have had to consider that as part of their strategy, but yet here they are. And no, we're and talking they, about they that. They are very good about tugging. Again, I could keep going back to this tugging of heartstrings, but they are very good about putting that into their advertising. Um, but I love the fact that they just go boom, head on. And they're just like, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Right. You know, this is, this is, excuse my language, but this is the shit that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to figure out how to, to find some good in it. To your point, I think it's just, there, there are order takers and there are true sales professionals. There's a huge difference between the two. And I think that order takers are going to struggle big time in this time. I want to go back to your comment earlier around salespeople. Sales professionals will find a way. And I know I know in, in the prep for this podcast, we talked a little bit about tools and social media and, and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Do you have some best practices or, or insights where you've seen uh, professionals take take a, a stand and really start to leverage new channels? And whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, tw- I mean, maybe even Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, listen, put it all out there. I mean, right now, I don't think there's such a thing as oversharing. I think that uh, you do yourself a detriment if you don't. People are yearning for constant contact right now. There are people on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter at all hours of the day now, because what else is there to do? Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I hate to say that, but, um, you know, listen, sales is a numbers game, right? The more people you get in front of, more opportunities you have, we all know how that drill goes, right? So we have seen, um, that our customers who are sharing, sharing have had a lot more success than the ones that shut down and the ones that aren't sharing, the ones who are open and, um, and communicative are, I don't want to say thriving because I don't think anyone's really truly thriving, but they're definitely ahead of the curve. And those sales professionals that are, if there is a will, there is a way I think they're going to come out at the end. I don't know the well, obviously an end of this, but uh, on the downside of this COVID-19 situation, having learned so much more and being able to kind of like just sort of show how they can rise above. I think that they're, I think you're going to see some really, truly phenomenal sales professionals come out of this because of the lengths that they had to stretch to not fail. So let's go back to social real quick. And, you know, I I think 
for, for you and I both, who both have had experience in careers, both in sales and in marketing, the natural marrying of that is, is pretty easy for folks like us. Now, we're the exception of the rule, right? There's typically you're in one camp or the other. But I think that one thing that you mentioned that I want to come back to is those that are sharing are those that are winning and those that are getting the most reach with their customers. So where I want to go with this is, you know, salespeople by nature, you know, hey, creating content, that's marketing's thing, right? Like there's so many sales professionals and good sales professionals that just say, hey, I'm going to depend on marketing to do what they do. I would love for this podcast to give everyone permission. If you're a sales professional, go create some content. Take your iPhone, record you giving a message, share it on LinkedIn, send it to your customers in email, because I think that those that share are the ones that are going to win. But I think that, that that apprehension, that barrier of like, oh, well, that's not my job. Well, guess what? Now it is your job. And I think that anyone that's willing to, to begin be vulnerable is going to have an opportunity. I'm, 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 like, I'm getting excited to talk because I feel so strongly about this. I think that this, again, goes back to being relatable and being personal, being personal. You know, I think, well, you know, people buy from who they like. They don't know you. How can they like you? you, How do they buy from you? At the end of the day, not everybody's going to like you, but at the end of the day, I think that when people take a minute to say, I've got this great campaign, I got this great opportunity, right, to be able to share information, but I'm going to to take a, a minute to really put my own thoughts around it and share with my, you know, my customers, how I think that this makes the most sense for them. You're not selling anything. You're consulting. Yes. <laughs> you're now consulting and you are really giving true value. People have to be willing to put that effort in. I, th- I think that is the difference between salespeople. Again, it, yes, it goes down to order taking and, and, and going out and reaching for it. But I think that that also plays into the difference between a salesperson and a sales professional. I think a true sales professional understands that they're not just marketing their company or their products or their services, they're marketing themselves. So as we wrap up, Stephanie, if you could just think about what are the top two or three things that anyone who is listening to this could take away and apply because one of the focuses I always have on the podcast is I want people to walk away with something that they can they can implement that's not going to be so massive that they have to change their business model. So if there are two or three things that are just key to you, what would you want to leave listeners with? I think first and foremost, don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to pivot. Do not be afraid to modify your plans. Um, don't be afraid to look at the way you were doing things before and evolve into a new way of doing them. Um, it's There's a lot to be afraid of, but that shouldn't be one of them. Um, secondly, I would say do not be afraid to be personal and vulnerable. And uh, I, pre- I, I preach this <laughs> to anyone and everyone all day long. Um, don't be afraid to be honest about where you sit. And I think that when people can open up their layers, I think they become a lot more, uh, I, I think people gain a lot more respect for you 
right away. And I think it allows that opportunity for people to get to know you and you get to know them. And I think that um, a lot more opportunity comes out of that in the long run, uh, even faster. Um, And then lastly, I would say, don't stop marketing. I, I read a phenomenal article about, it must, must have been written, gosh, years ago. And I read it to our sales team. And it was about, um, I'm probably going to botch it right now, but Kellogg's and Post. And one of them stopped, I think it was uh, Post stopped advertising, but Kellogg's kept going through the Great Depression. And at the end of all of the Great Depression, Kellogg's was the leader in cereal. And it was because in the worst time going on in the economy, they never gave up on the idea that eventually the economy would turn around and that people were going to go back to buying cereal. I mean, think about what a commodity item that is, right? Um, And how many boxes we all probably have in our homes. Um, but at the end of all of that, Kellogg's was, was the, the leader in, in the market for cereal. And it's a beautiful, it is a beautiful way of looking at when times are the most stressful. Oftentimes your marketing budget is the thing that you want to cut. And truly that is the time that you need to be maybe reevaluating how you use those dollars. But to stop using those dollars is inevitably detrimental to a business because now you've stopped communicating with your community and you've stopped communicating with your audience. And when you stop, you lose, you lose them. And somebody else is going to be communicating. Somebody else is going to be in front of them and they're going to win the market share. So I would say really think twice before you eliminate that budget, you might have to cut it. That's okay. Um, You may have to find new ways of, it may be a smaller direct mail piece as opposed to a full-blown sales kit. Um, It may be a virtual gift card as opposed to something bigger that was going to be given out in an event. You may have to change the way that you do it, but to stop altogether would be detrimental because somebody else is not. There's another company out there that's not going to stop. Three great points. So as we wrap up, uh, just real quick, information about you, City Paper, how do folks get in touch with you? How do folks get in touch with City Paper? My personal cell phone number is, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you can um, you can follow us on any of the social media platforms, City Paper Company. Uh, you can visit our website, citypapercompany.com. We have um, blogs there that we're constantly updating. Uh, occasionally, we have podcasts as well. Um, we're talking about actually having one COVID-19 related uh, in the next coming weeks. Uh, you can reach me at Stephanie at citypapercompany.com. You know, listen, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to have this conversation. I uh I think that um, it's important that these conversations are had. I think that it's incredibly challenging times and better for us to figure out putting our heads together and figuring out ways to get through it. And I appreciate it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining. For those of you listening, if you haven't taken a moment to hit the subscribe button, go ahead and do that now. Give us a good rating if you find the content useful. Stephanie, thanks again for sharing all those points. Again, I can't say enough good things about uh, Stephanie's knowledge of branding and and how to, to leverage that personal touch point in B2B. So thanks for joining. And for all of you listening, we look forward to talking to you again next time.